This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 14, Nightmare. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Okay, so this week we're covering Nightmare, which is a really good episode that I hadn't seen in an eternity. Like, legit, it's been so long since I've seen this episode. Um, so we start with our, our usual recap, saving people, hunting things, finding dad, and then we kind of get a little recap about Sam's visions, how he dreamt about Jess. Um, I pulled specifically the line, we have these ni- I have these nightmares and sometimes they come true, which is a great line really great line mm-hmm. um but yeah that that's our recap um and we open up on um jim miller is his name uh as he arrives home from work he pulls into his garage and this is the creepy stuff starts immediately because this is supernatural um with the garage door closing on its own and then the car locking and then the car turning on. Uh, I think the radio starts playing. Yeah. It plays, um... I don't know what song it plays. I think it plays 2x2 two two equals... By Bob the Bob... Bob... Bleh. Okay. I tried that <laughs> one what again. What was that? Um, the wiki has, um... The song for the scene listed as 2 plus 2 equals question mark. I don't know if that's how you say that title, but it's by the Bob Seeger system. So... Snow likes Bob Seeker, and there are two separate songs used in this episode. <laughs> yeah. One of them I think we only hear a little bit of, like a snippet of the instrumental, but it's the one that I just used for the uh, intro music. So, you know, because I like it, and I think it fits the episode <laughs> really well, if it, even if we only hear a small fraction. But we start with Jim Miller getting locked into his car by a supernatural force. Um... And then the car turns on and the garage fills up with exhaust. And I think this process would take longer in real life. Well, it makes it look like the, the vents like open up and they start like actively sucking the um, exhaust, exhaust into, the car. into the car like faster. Yeah, yeah. I, which I guess that makes sense because we find out later. Spoilers. I mean, I guess you've seen this episode if you're listening to this. Um, but we find out later that it was Max. Yeah. So I would imagine he probably sped it up a bit. I guess he can control airflow with his mind, too. Well, he's just, he's a telekinetic. He can just control... Anything? Yeah. It's like Jean Grey, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't know. Air. Except definitely not as hot. (laughs) uh, Included. Yes. No offense to the actor who plays Max. (laughs) He just ain't my type. (laughs) Jean Grey definitely is. (laughs) I don't think he's necessarily controlling the airflow. But he definitely, like, controls the vents of the car to let the exhaust in. Yeah. It, just, he it probably, makes it seem like it's real fast, though. It is really, really fast. Because um, within minutes, this dude's dead. And obviously, this is a TV show, and it's sped up, but it still feels really fast. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how that would go. Um, but yeah, we cut from a shot of Jim dead in his car to Sam waking up in a hotel room. I kind of like the way they do... I wish they had done this with 
the vision in home because um the way they do sam's visions in this episode where he gets the like like especially this first one as he comes out of it we get a flash of jim dead in his car and we get a flash of his license plate Mm. and like and we get the idea like sam is seeing those flashes that's that's what's in his brain yeah you know and it really emphasizes this is how he noticed these specific details because it's they're showing you these specific details so now you are kind of seeing the vision sam the way sam would see the vision but the way they did it at home i definitely complained about this in that episode (laughs) in our coverage of that was they just showed us like the the vision and then Sam is focused on the tree, but we never even really focus on the tree. So I was like, yeah. why is why the tree? You know? But the way they do it in this one. Why would it show specific, the license plate though? It <laughs> Sam's this is convenient for later, Sam's, but <laughs> uh, the cinematography of Sam's visions is uh, pretty well done. <laughs> Within his own brain. And plus, he, t- he takes and, in every detail he needs to know to mm-hmm. look it up later, very conveniently. Well, he the only detail he really gets is the license plate. Like, he doesn't get the house number or, like, the well, name of the show the outside of the house at all. Um, in the, like, the flashes we see, but in the vision, you see the guy pull into the garage. Yeah. But, yeah, like, we don't get a house number, we don't get a street number, we don't get the guy's name. All Sam gets is the license plate. That's all of his his identifying information. And I do think because this vision is linked to one of the other special kids, it may be more influenced by the yellow-eyed demon mm. than That's true. His like his um his one in home was maybe. It's that's a possibility, but it's definitely not anything that's confirmed for sure, but it is something that Sam actually mentions is that the thing that killed their moms could be, like, influencing Sam's visions, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sam, like, I do, I just like the way they do the vision in this episode as opposed to at home, (laughs) because in this one we, like, see the little flashes and we're like, oh, that's how, that's why Sam's picking out that specific detail. Yeah. You know, but in the home one they're just like, here's the house, and Sam drew the tree. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason. (laughs) I mean, it's a very unique tree, but... Yeah, but the the vision doesn't focus on the tree, and okay, (laughs) I'm not going to go into this again. (laughs) Because I think I talked about it for, like, 15 minutes last time. (laughs) Um, But Sam immediately, like, he, like, turns on the light, wakes Dean up, starts packing, like, we need to go. Um, Dean is so cute. (laughs) He's like, why is the light on? Like, I mean, same, but <laughs> he's not awake. That's a mood. But yeah, they we cut from the motel to the car. Dean driving, um, and Sam is calling. I don't know who he's calling. He's got like a fake badge number or something. Probably yeah. not fake. How um, does he have that on hand? I think it's something like um, what happens in The Benders, which is one of next week's episodes. Um, where Dean is using the existing ID of, a, uh, the ID of an existing police officer from, mm-hmm. like, the precinct that he, but he's put his face on it, basically. Like, he's got the badge number and information and stuff, but it's with his face, mm. um, on, like, the, the actual badge. I think it's kind of that. That's probably what's going on. 
is he's got... How do they have one for that specific area, too? I think it's just for Michigan. Okay. Um, it might be his... I don't... I didn't really catch who he was pretending to be. Specifically, some it might officer. be... some random officer, I don't know. It might be one of his FBI badges, I don't know. Yeah. But Sam is calling police dispatch someone, I don't really know, getting the owner of the license plate that he saw in his vision. Um... And he seems a little bit, like, out of it mm-hmm. in this scene. Um, is it this scene or is it the next one? It's the next one, I think, after he has a vision. The one where he, like... Um... Maybe? I don't know. One of, After one of Sam's visions, he seemed really out of it. And I thought I made a note of it, but apparently not. Uh, it might be the next one. But Sam is, like, clearly freaking out in this one. <laughs> Which I don't blame him. He yeah. just watched a dude die by what looks, at least at first glance, like a ghost. Yeah. Or a poltergeist or something. Like, dude. It's a little freaky. And he can sense that it's not just a dream. Yeah. I think... Because Dean even asks, like, how are, how do you know this isn't just a nightmare? Like, yeah. it could just be a nightmare. But Sam has had visions before. He, he knows the Previously, difference. specifically the one with Jess, and he knows the difference, yeah, between a regular dream, a regular nightmare, and a vision. Mm-hmm. Like, and he also, he had the ones in home. Or the one in home, like, they, I'd imagine it, something about it probably just feels different. Um, and when he gets his daytime ones, those ones are definitely not nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> those ones come with a headache. <laughs> um, and then it turns out that the license plate belongs to a real person. Um, and... Dean was convinced the license plate wouldn't check out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he was kind of hoping it wouldn't check out. Because mm-hmm. no matter how... Like, Dean is putting on a brave front for Sam. I think we this talked whole about episode. this. Yeah. We've talked about this previously. He is, he's playing the cool-headed, strong older brother this whole time, but he is freaking out. Yeah. And we get a little glimpse of it right in the very end in that last shot, mm-hmm. but Dean is freaking out, and he was really hopeful. <laughs> he was definitely, like, crossing his toes <laughs> where Sam couldn't see that this was not going to check out to be a real person, and it turns out it is, and he says they're a few hours out from the town in Michigan. Where this person, where Jim lives, and Sam just tells Dean to drive faster. <laughs> um, but there you don't arrive in time still. Which, can you met? Oh, Sam feels so bad. Because mm-hmm. he's like, why am I seeing a vision if I can't, if I can't do it. anything about it? Yeah. yeah, what is the point of seeing this, the future, if there's nothing that I can do? How do you know it hadn't taken place yet? Because all of his visions haven't taken place yet. Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> that's that's the line he says in the the recap. Is some he he's uh, the um, I have these nightmares and sometimes they come true. It's a he's seeing the future. He hasn't mm-hmm. seen anything of the past. I don't know if he ever even does. Like he has nightmares of Jess on the ceiling, but those aren't visions. Those are just like survivor guilt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the boys arrive at the address that Sam got just in time to see, like, the body being zipped into a body bag. 
Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> great timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they kind of, like, infiltrate the crowd. I tried to write looky-loos in my notes and couldn't figure out how to spell it, so I just wrote onlookers. <laughs> just, like, all the neighbors. You know when something goes down and, like, everyone comes out to see what's happening? It's that. Yeah. And they find out that uh, it's been ruled a suicide. It happened only an hour or two before. Um, and the lady that they talk to mentions that she knew the guy. Kind of, like, she'd seen him and his family at church. Every Sunday, they were, like, regular church-going mm-hmm. family. Um, I don't know. I don't think she mentions that Max found the body. I think Alice, Max's stepmom, says it later, that Max is the one that found Jim's body. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Um, the, but yeah, the lady says it was, it only happened an hour or two before, and the boys kind of, like, exchanged these looks. Because, like, last time Sam had visions... His visions of Jess started about a week before Dean arrived, or before she died. Yeah. And his vision in home came at least a couple days before. Mm -hmm. So, like, this one was legit, like, hours. Yeah. You know? And his other one that he has is, like, like within the hour. Mm Mm-hmm. His other two in this episode, like, they come on, like, the, the events... And the the last one's, like, moments before. Honest, yeah, I think it's a little, because they have to, like, drive over there and stuff, but yeah, I think that one's probably, like, within 30 minutes of it happening. Well, I mean, like, the very last one. Oh, yeah! I completely forgot, he has has four visions in this episode. I totally forgot about the very last one. That one's, like, literally a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Four, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. Yeah. Which I think makes sense because... Because of who the visions are tied to? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, making decisions, like, right before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sam's not getting a lot of... For... Warning like prevention. <laughs> um, for prevention, yeah. Um, but yeah, the boys... Um, go back to the car... And this is where Sam is wondering, like, why is he having visions about something he can't prevent? Um, which is a very good question. <laughs> why do you think he's having visions something about something he can't prevent? I'm gonna try that sentence again. Because <laughs> what the fuck did my words just do? <laughs> it sounded right to me. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I repeated a phrase in there. Repeated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> repeated. Let me leave that in, because that's, that's great. Oh. Uh, what do you think? Mm. I think maybe the yellow-eyed demon has something to do with it. Yeah. That's probably what was going on. I don't know if it's ever, like, confirmed. He's, like, he trying to, not. like, show connections, I guess. Yeah. Between these two. I wonder. Help Sam along on his realization journal. Journey. Journal. Journal. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, I'm gonna speculate using some information that we don't learn until, like, the end of season two. Um, so if you have not seen through the end of season two, some spoilers here. And not that I, this podcast isn't riddled with spoilers. Not even just this episode. I'm bad. I'm sorry. I try to I try to only spoil things that Haley has already seen. <laughs> <laughs> Which gives me free reign on the first three seasons. <laughs> Even if um, I might have forgot what happened. Okay, so season two spoilers from this point until I don't know when. 
have fun finding the end point. <laughs> um, at the end of season two, the special kids are killing each other, are being, like, told to kill each other by yeah. Azazel. Do you think Azazel brought... What do you think about Azazel having brought Sam and Max together to see which of them would survive? Maybe testing out who's going to be the stronger of the two. Yeah, because they're both really powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they both Sam's have... Sam's, like, his favorite, but Max is incredibly powerful. Well, well they... I think out of all the special children, they have the two most similar powers, too. Yeah, yeah, between... Sam of, and Max. Of all, of all the special children, I think, um... Sam has the, like, telekinetic ability in common with Max, and then he has the, like, the visions in common with Ava, hmm. who... But sh- her powers, like, expand as uh, as we go. But this is... Isn't this the one and only time we see Sam use telekinetic powers in this episode, and he never does it again? Um... That is true. I don't think if Sam ever... Well, um... Which is a pretty cool power, but how come he never uses it again? <laughs> uh, he even, he says at the end of this episode that he, like, can't do it on cue. No. Um, and that it was kind of a, he called it a freak adrenaline thing, which makes me think of those stories of, like, women who lift a car but makes, off their makes it children seem like it's and stuff. an ability that he can learn and get better at. Yeah. But he, as far as I know, from what I've seen, he never uses it again. Yeah. Which is kind of a waste of cool ability, in my opinion. <laughs> like, why have him be able to do it at all if you don't use it again? Like, <laughs> A waste of Sam's abilities is the summary of this entire show. Honest to God. Like, what's the point? They- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'd never thought about that. About Sam and Max having, like, an ability in common. Mm-hmm. I, I bet... I, this this may not be actually canon, but that may be my new head canon for like why exact why Sam had these exact visions about this specific special kid was to bring to see which one of them was the strongest and which one of them would like come out of this situation alive. Mm. Yeah, because it's not just about like ability strength, but about, like, the mental strength, and Max had been through so much. Mm-hmm. I think he just, um, you know, he, he... Had enough, I guess. Yeah. Which, I mean, considering the shit that kid through, went through, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, like, I wonder if, like, Sam had got, you know, if Sam hadn't had Dean. You know, that's what Dean says at the end of the episode, is, like, you have something Max never had. Me. You know? (laughs) If Sam hadn't had Dean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I never thought about that, about it being, not just specifically, like, look at the other special kids, but, like, which of you is the better special kid? You know? Mm -hmm. That's a great insight, babe. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Good job. (laughs) See? See? This is why you're a good podcast (laughs) co-host. Because you're smart. And mm. you think of things that I probably never would have thought of. Um, but the boys don't know all this stuff yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> they think it could be a spirit, maybe a poltergeist, which based off of what Sam saw in the vision, that is a it completely like reasonable guess. Yeah. Um, 
And Dean's really worried about Sam, but he decides they're gonna get some sleep, pick it up in the morning, and it is time to crash awake. <laughs> I think this is the second or third one so far in the season. In this season, because they do. There's the one in Bloody Mary, um, and then they come in at the end of the sermon in Hookman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this time, this time, they go all out and they dress up as priests, <laughs> which results in one of my favorite bloopers, like, ever. Um, underneath their, like, jackets that they're wearing, their shirts don't have sleeves. That's actually a really common thing in the Supernatural wardrobes. They have a version of the shirt that does have sleeves and a version that doesn't for, like, when they are and aren't wearing jackets, because... <laughs> So they don't get too hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially Jared. <laughs> but there's a great blooper where the guy opens the door and Jared and Jensen are standing there in like their sleeveless priest outfits and Jensen says something like, I'm, I don't remember the names he uses. We're the new Chippendales dancers that just moved in down the street. And Jared's just like grinning and like swinging his arms. So funny. So funny. Um, but yeah, the guys go to the, like, funeral wake after party after party. <laughs> the funeral after party. <laughs> Man, if it's a proper funeral the way I want my funeral to be, it better be a party. <laughs> um, but they go to talk about the family, or talk, talk about the family, talk to the family. They meet Jim's wife. Um, and I think this is when we learn that Max is the one who found Jim's body. I was writing notes and not listening as well as I should have been. Um, and Sam goes to talk to Max while Dean uh, asks the wife about the house. He's like, this is a beautiful house you have. It's kind of old. How long have you lived here? And she's like, oh, we've lived here five years. And he's like, oh, old houses like this, you must have all sorts of headaches. And she's like, so confused. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> I haven't had a single one of the issues. <laughs> He's such a he's such an awkward bean. I love him. <laughs> it's so great because he's like you know like cold spots or electrical Trying issues. To get any hint that it could and, be a know, ghost. And she's like, what the frick are you talking about? <laughs> and then Dean goes upstairs. Uh, and we cut over to Sam, who's kind of asking Max, uh, about his dad, and like. Apparently, according to him, he woke up and heard the engine running, and that's kind of all we learn in this moment. Mm -hmm. And we go upstairs with Dean, and he's got a fancy new toy that I'm pretty sure we never see again. It's a thermal scanner. Yeah. He, he says later it was a thermal scanner. Well, he says that he used a thermal scanner, so I'm assuming that's what this was, which I guess he was, like, reading for cold spots or something. It's got, like, a little screen, and it's got lasers, and it looks really fancy, but I have no idea. <laughs> we never... I don't think we ever see it again. I'm going to keep an eye out for it now, like I did with the, the um, night vision camera, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That one did show up again, didn't it? Once. Yeah. Yeah. They used it in Asylum. Huh. Um. Yeah, Sam joins him, learns that Dean hasn't found anything. Um, and we go back to... <laughs> the ice is settling in your glass. Your <laughs> we go to their motel. Dean is cleaning their guns and Sam is putting together their serial killer wall. <laughs> Yeah, I made a note that I really like this hotel room. It's cool. Yeah. Did you see the, like, Aspen log 
tree log no i didn't that's really cool i love aspen trees that's really that's actually really fun this is a fun hotel design i like it (laughs) yeah they're talk. that's really neat i did not notice that i actually noticed that because i like they're like trees fake trees but they use like real logs yeah huh room to make it look like a little forest in there it was cool interesting (laughs) that's very creative huh that's we get some real wild hotels in these early seasons. Um, one of them in uh, the their motel in Hell House, the towels have like cowboys on them. <laughs> it's, we, get, we get some wild ho- or motel rooms, and I honestly really love it. Um, but this is where we learned that they haven't found anything about the house, like. No one has died of violent death there. There's no, like, Sam's looked into burial grounds and curses, and, like, they just can't find anything specifically tying to the house that could have caused um, Jim's death. Yeah. Um, and this is where Sam's head starts to hurt, and he gets another vision. I love, I actually really love this part, because Sam, like, slides off the bed. And Dean, like, rushes around to, like, hold, like, grab him and hold him, and it makes my heart happy. I like the boys. I thought I got that part out. I like the boys. (laughs) Shush. Um, But in this, so, in this second vision, so this is vision number two of this episode. Good God. Poor Sam. (laughs) His poor head. Between, between the visions and the repeated head trauma throughout the years. I don't know how he's still walking. <laughs> Wait, is this the first time he's had like a headache connected with a this vid- vision? This is he specifically says that this is the first time he's had a vision while while he's, he's awake. awake. And apparently that means you have a headache. Apparently. Um but yeah. Um in this vision we see Roger, Jim's brother, who they actually met at the wake. Uh, stop yawning. <laughs> uh, in it, he's like getting home with groceries when his kitchen window opens on its own, and then he like closes and locks it, and then it unlocks and opens again, and then when it won't close, he sticks his head through it, which I guess he was trying to like see if there was something on the outside, like yeah. sticking it up. Like I don't think he was intending to like stick his head through it and like pull it down. Yeah. Or anything, but still. Uh, and then it shuts on his neck. And then you see the splash of blood. The dramatic <laughs> splash of blood again. I mean, your neck does involve your carotid rod or carot- nah, 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 nah. Your carotid artery. Yes. So, so that's that a lot of blood. Dramatic splashing yeah, of blood from it's, like it's the, episode one. It's the slasher horror film. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah. I think we even actually see like there's like a the brief shot of the head falling yeah. into the planter. Yes. <laughs> I'm a yes. very conveniently placed planter. <laughs> yeah. God. Huh. Early season supernatural gets a lot more gruesome than yeah. later seasons do. I mean not especially the boys later don't on in this episode too. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Oh my I legit <laughs> Sitting at the, com- we're sitting exactly where we are now, watching this episode, 
when Sam's second or third version happens and I covered my eyes. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Okay, but back to the back to where we are in the episode. Um Sam tells Dean I think he just says I had a vision or something like that. Or Roger Miller is in danger or something. Um, but they somehow, they somehow on the phone, this is, this is the car scene where Sam seems a little off. I imagine his head is kind of hurting, probably. Probably, <laughs> He seems yes. a little bit, a little bit, like, tired, dizzy, in pain. Um, but they get his, they get, he's on the phone, and I don't know who he's on the phone with, but he's like, no, just the address, and they get Roger's apartment address. I don't know who the hell he's calling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, white pages. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it was two thousand five, so maybe. <laughs> maybe that was still a thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, we get a little brother moment where Sam is wondering, like, why him? Why is this happening? Um, and Dean once again has to be the level-headed one, uh, even though, uh. Like, he's definitely freaking out. And Sam even asks, like, tell me with a straight face that you're not freaking out. Mm-hmm. And Dean says, like, looking straight ahead, per- not looking at Sam, uh, that he's not freaking out. Yeah. Uh, he... But, but you know he's definitely Sam freaking doesn't believe out. him. Sam definitely doesn't believe him. But yeah. They arrive at the apartment building, right? Roger, like, gets home with his groceries. Um, and he... When they met him earlier in the episode... He wanted nothing to do with he them. He wanted nothing to do with them because he thought they were priests. <laughs> um, but yeah, he thought they were priests and he wanted nothing to do with them. And now he, he still thinks they're priests. And he's like, what the hell are you guys, missionaries? Like, leave me alone. Uh, I mean, that's a mood. I run I for mean, missionaries, yes. too. <laughs> yes, understandable. Um, but he he closes the building door on their faces. And I'm guessing this is one of those buildings where like you need a, a key yeah. to get in. Because they so can't resident, get in. It's a resident-only thing. Um, and Dean has the idea to go up the fire escape, but, at, like, right as they reach Roger's floor, they hear the sound of the window closing. And then, mm-hmm. like, come around the steps and find the bloody scene. Yeah. And this is one of... I don't know if this is the only time, but it's definitely one of the few times where the boys stumble upon a scene like this, and Dean is like, wipe your prints. Hmm. Like, I cannot think of another moment when this happens. Um, but it's smart. <laughs> yeah, poor Sam doesn't even want to look at the scene. No. Because he feels guilty. I, he doesn't want to look, and then he can, like, can't take his eyes off of it. Um, which I can imagine it's a little gruesome. <laughs> I wouldn't want to but see he that. Definitely, he definitely feels guilty, like they should have got there sooner, they should have tried harder. Mm-hmm. Um, He's blaming himself for not being able to prevent the visions yeah, from happening. Yeah, the same thing he said earlier in the episode, why why is he having these visions if he can't do anything about it? Like, mm-hmm. Sam is a soft-hearted baby who really genuinely like, the boys are, okay, the boys are psychotic <laughs> and fucked up and traumatized, but Sam genuinely wants to help people. Yeah. And, like, it has to be killing him to... I think they both do. Yeah, they both do, but I think That's it's why they do what Sam, they do, you know? It's hitting Sam in this moment especially hard in this episode because he is seeing their deaths in advance and he still can't stop it. It's not even just, uh, oh, we gotta go protect people. He is seeing specific events and he can't do anything about it. 
And that has to be so hard for someone whose whole thing is saving people. Mm -hmm. You know, and being a hero of kind. That's kind of what they were brought up to do, you know, save people, hunt things, you know. Yeah. I can't imagine how hard it must be. Um, Derek does a really good job in this episode. But yeah, Dean takes a look inside the uh, Rogers apartment while Sam wipes down their fingerprints on the fire escape. And then we cut to them leaving. There's a cute little moment where they're like getting right across the street and like a a horn, a car horn honks. And Dean like sticks his arm in front of Sam. And it has very reminiscent, like you can imagine when they're like little, them like walking to school (laughs) and Dean putting his arm in front of little brother Sam. Yeah. To make sure they look both ways before they crossed. Yeah, they did. They did? Uh Uh-huh. To, like, a normal public school? They went to many normal public schools. Oh, okay. They moved a lot. I I was... (laughs) was the impression they were homeschooled, but not really. No. They went to... I mean, Sam got a full ride to Stanford. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But I can just imagine. It's just a cute little brother thing that just has the mark... It just feels like this is something Dean's done a million times. And it's actually something we'll see him do in the future, too. It's really cute. But, um, Dean didn't find anything inside the apartment... Um, they kind of talk about, like, spirits that latch on to specific families, um, like, curses that deal with, like, bloodlines and stuff like that, because it definitely seems like it's something to do with the Miller specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think we kind of cut to the next day, because it's, like, daytime now, and the Miller, the boys go back to the Miller house to... And they talk to Max, who says his mom is resting. He talks about how nothing says, um, I'm sorry for your loss, like a tuna casserole. (laughs) He had to stop people from bringing stuff over because he got too many casseroles. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, it is really nice that so many people in their neighborhood wanted to make sure that, like, while they're grieving and may not be up to grocery shopping and eating or cooking and stuff, that they still have food and things Mm -hmm. like that. That is a very thoughtful thing. But I can definitely see how it would get really overwhelming. Especially if they keep bringing the same thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, please stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and especially if it's, like, one person and then another person and then another person. And the way my mom um, always did it when I was growing up was that they would, um, like, plan out, instead of everyone coming on the same day to bring meals, they would, like, if there most recently like there was a lady who had you know a baby and so the the women in the neighborhood made like a scheduled plan of like these you're bringing dinner on this day you're bringing dinner on this day and so it wasn't like 20 people in one day it was Mm -hmm. one person you know dropping it off you know and sometimes they'd even like pile up and be like okay we're all gonna cook like a part of the meal and then one person will take it over you know or like we're all cooking different meals and one person only one is gonna go over because having multiple people over especially when you're really tired from i mean you know losing two family members in a row like having that many people at your door sounds fucking exhausting i don't blame her for taking a nap and not not wanting to deal with the the priests yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah, we get a little more insight into Max's childhood, and we learn that, uh, that when he was a kid, they lived next door to Roger, um, his uncle, and that, like, 
Jim and Roger were really close when he was younger, so they saw him, like, they saw him all the time because they lived next door. Um, and the boys ask if, like, his childhood was good at that house, if he can remember anything unusual, because they're still kind of thinking, like, something tied to the family, like, mm-hmm. ghost, you know. And Max says, you know, <laughs> he says they were totally normal and happy. In a completely no- non-convincing tone. Yeah, yeah, and Dean literally is like, nobody says their family was completely normal and happy, like, mm-hmm. especially not in that tone, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would say, yeah, I had an average childhood. Like, <laughs> no family is normal. And or no, perfect. And no childhood is perfectly happy. Yeah. You know? But something about the way Max says it is definitely, like, off. Um, mm-hmm. He's a liar, liar face. I'm tired. Um, are you laughing at me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but the boys go to the old neighborhood to ask around about the Millers. And talk to one of the... Where did they find out where they lived, used to live? I don't know. Probably old property records or something. I have no idea. They somehow know. <laughs> um, but yeah, they talk to one of the Miller's old neighbors who says he's like lived there for 20 plus years or something. And they're like, do you remember the Miller family? And they learned that Jim was a mean drunk who beat Max. Um, Roger was just as bad as his brother and that Max's stepmother and this is where we learn that Alice is his stepmother and not his biological mother she never did anything and the um the neighbor says that the birth mother died he says I think it was a car accident which kind of puts you off the scent mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a misdirect yeah <laughs> um, for now yeah. Yeah, this is where we learn that Max's childhood was not normal or in, happy or happy uh, it was actually pretty awful. <laughs> um, but this is where Sam has another vision. Uh, Dean, like, goes right into big, protective big brother mode here. Cause Sam, like, starts doing the, like, the squinty headache thing that he did earlier. Mm-hmm. And this is the vision that had me covering my eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Oh my god, but in it he sees Max levitate a knife and stab his stepmother through the eye. There is more to it than that. <laughs> oh. Oh. I hate it. I don't like things with the eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's, it's, it's such just, a vulnerable place, you know? It's Ugh. just... It's... Uh, it's such a close-up shot, too. <laughs> there's a There's another eyeball shot in Bender's. Is there? episode we're covering next week. I don't remember. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the boys rush over, and Sam has realized, now that he's seen it in a vision, that Max is not just linked to everything, but the cause of everything. And that he has some special abilities. Mm-hmm. And he... He's kind of speculates about like he he's like I'm having visions because of the things Max is doing because it's Max and not just because it's like a ghost or whatever you know mm-hmm. it's like because Dean even says um, earlier in the episode after the first vision that like um, Jess was your girlfriend the vision at our old house was about our old house where like our mom died and stuff you know like it was tied to you somehow. And What's the what do these guys have to Sam, you know? And so now Sam is like, well, there's a connection. Something is connecting me to Max. Um, 
Which he's, they don't he's know on the right track. <laughs> he's getting there. <laughs> don't, he doesn't know what yet, but he knows something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dean just wants to kill Max. Sam wants to talk things through. Um, which is pretty typical. <laughs> so it's pretty. Dean is a, a bit of a shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. Which, yeah. I mean, when something is definitely a threat, makes sense. But, I mean... You know, you just found out, like, what Max went through in the childhood, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't know, I thought maybe he would be a bit more sensitive to the fact that this is a kid that's been through abuse, you know? Yeah, He's but... He's not just a monster, you know? But, well, being abused as a kid doesn't make you not a monster, though. Because no. a lot of serial killers had, a, a, you know, abuse in their childhoods. You know, yeah. it it's a it's a reason why they're doing it. It doesn't excuse or justify it in any way, though. And that is Dean is definitely aware of that. Like, this yes, isn't like a... Max went through these horrible things, but you do not you, you like that doesn't give you an excuse to murder your whole family. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, like he is a human being. He's not like a vampire or something. Yes, that's true, but he is also a murderer who can apparently kill with his mind. True. Which I think Dean even says, like, the dude is killing with his mind. Like, that's that's, that's I don't not know. normal I think human. the moralness gets a little blurred when they're actual humans. Yes, definitely, for sure. But, um, but Sam wants to talk things through, and Sam does um, persuade Dean to not just go in guns blazing. Um, and Dean agrees to try it Sam's way, but he brings his gun just in case, which will turn out to have been a bad idea. <laughs> and they, this is where they arrive just in time for, like, the beginning of Max's, uh, or of Sam's vision, before he even, like, levitates the knife. Like, the knife is just, like, shaking on the cutting board. He hasn't even picked it up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bust, <laughs> the way they bust in through the front door made me think of when you're playing Red Dead Redemption and you, like, go out a door too hard and it just, like, you just, Dramatically like, slam in. through the door. <laughs> but it was so great. I'm like, was... Because the way... with the, the force with which they bust in through the door makes it seem like they kicked the door open. Mm-hmm. But they didn't break the, like, the... the door jam or anything <laughs> like that. So, like, did they just really aggressively open it? Was it unlocked? <laughs> I like, I don't understand. Because they close it behind them. And later when they go to go out the door, it looks fine. And Dean's, like, going to turn the knob, you know, mm-hmm. and exit the door like a normal human being. But I don't, I don't know the logistics of this. But, yeah, they, it's really dramatic. Um, Sam asks uh, to talk to Max. It's really funny. Because they think they're... The mom still thinks they're priests. <laughs> yes, she's like, fathers? <laughs> what are you doing breaking down our door? They just, like, bust in through the door like, we need to talk to Max. And she's like, what the <laughs> it's, it's honestly kind of wild. Um, Max agrees to go talk to them outside, but, like, as they're going, Dean sees in, like, the, they have, like, a decorative mirror in their entryway. And Max sees Dean's gun in the back of his pants, and he just shuts down. Like, li- literally, he Bringing locks down. Bringing a gun down. was not the best idea, nope. Dean. <laughs> but he locks down the whole house, and he takes the gun from Dean, because um, Dean pulls the gun, but Max yanks it right out of his hands with his, like, abilities. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Sam tells Max the truth. How he saw visions about the things that Max did, about what he was going to do, and he wants to help Max. You know, he tells him the truth about everything he knows so far. Um, and he manages to persuade Max to let Dean and Alice, who has been thrown across the room by this point... And got knocked out. ...with a head wound, um, go up... Max agrees to let them go upstairs and give Sam five minutes. Um, and this is where, um, keep this really neat thing that they keep doing with the, like, the letter opener spinning. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a casual use of Max's abilities that it's actually, like, really impressive. Mm-hmm. You know? You see, he's, like, so, comfortable with his abilities now. so controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the ease with which he does that. Um, it's like an extension of his, mm-hmm. like, hand, you know? It's a really great visual uh, storytelling right there. But this is where we learn that the abuse never actually stopped. Um, that Jim just got smarter about it. Um, and that Alice still has, like, never done anything. Which is, that was Max's whole, like, issue with his stepmom is, like... Yeah, Jim and Roger were the ones who were actually hurting him, but Alice hurt him just as much by never protecting him. You know, or reporting like a, it or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I can't imagine that it's... I mean, it can be incredibly scary to be in an abusive situation. Being um, in an abusive relationship, too. Yeah. Sometimes it's... It's not as easy as get, just get out calling the cops, yeah. you know? And if... I can imagine if you know, if Jim was abusive to Max, then he would it's probably, probably wasn't that ways great to, to his wife either. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly difficult to leave your abuser. Yeah. Which is sad. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, well, why don't you just leave? But it's, it's not that simple. It's yeah. never that simple. Um, but we, Max kind of opens up to Sam here. And he talks about how his powers felt like a gift, but he was still afraid, and he needed to not be afraid anymore. And he also, he talks about that Jim blamed Max for everything, um, including his mom's death, because she died in a fire in Max's nursery, uh, which, which sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he said that Jim would get drunk, and he'd talk about how, um, how she was on the ceiling she burned up on the ceiling. And Sam's eyes get so like he's like, holy shit. Sam's like, oh, there's a connection. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, well, that, that explains everything. The first um, time that he he and Dean later have encountered... ever heard that anyone has had the same experience as a kid as they did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like, big news for them. Uh-huh. And this is what clues them in to looking for other kids. Whose mm-hmm. moms died the same way? Because it was exactly it was. I finally found on, a connection with this demon on his six month birthday. You know, on the kid's six month birthday, the mom dies in a fire in the nursery. Like, mm-hmm. um, is that implying that these kids are all the same age too? Well, it wasn't. They didn't all have the same six month birthday. <laughs> well, I was wondering. If I they think were they're all, all like, the same age or not. They're all about the same age. I think, yeah. They're all probably early 20s. Um, Sam is 23, I think. 
in this by the end of this season. He's 23. Um, so I and I think Max is early 20s ish too. But, but, like, their power is all about, kind of started about the same time. Mm-hmm. Not just in, like, relation to their ages, but just in the same time. Like, within the last six, seven months. Um, but, yeah, they are all about the same age. Kind of age range. Um, but Sam tells Max that the same thing that happened to Max's mom happened to his mom. Um, he's like... You know, my dad always told me how she burned on the ceiling, and Max is like, your dad must have drank a lot, too. <laughs> Which I mean... It's a, it's a valid, <laughs> valid uh, thought to have. Um, but Sam is, like, really insistent. He thinks that he and Max were chosen for something, but he doesn't really know, like, what. Yeah, Sam's excited about this connection, but Max is still too focused on revenge right now. Mm-hmm. Don't really mm-hmm. appreciate anything that yeah. Sam's saying. It seems for just a moment like Sam may have gotten through to Max because he's like, no, we have, we can figure this out, but you have to, like, he's like, I'll help you, but you have to let your stepmom go, and Max can't do that. Um, and Sam does tell him that, um, I really kind of, I liked what Sam said about this, about how getting revenge won't make Max not afraid. Um, Mm-hmm. It won't heal him. It that's not. It's not gonna do what he thinks it will do, and all it does will cause him more pain, and that makes him as bad as they were. Uh, but Max is not ready to listen, <laughs> and he throws Sam into a closet and blocks him in there with this big cupboard armoire thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, the show does a freaky thing. That I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> this next section is a vision, but they don't show you Sam, like, starting to have the vision in the closet. Right. They just show you the vision, like they did at the beginning of the episode, where they just show you Jim mm-hmm. dying in the car, and then they're like, ha, it's a vision. It's a vision. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but we see Max go upstairs, where Dean is kind of like, patching up Alice, and he pulls out Dean's gun, and he, like, floats it across the room, and he points it at Alice, and Dean steps in and says, if you want to kill her, you have to go through me. Dean, this kid has killed twice already. (laughs) Do you really think he's gonna hesitate? And he doesn't. Max is like, Max even, Max does tell him, like, this has nothing to do with you, but then Dean is like, nope. I'm gonna make this tap something to do with me. And Max shoots him. And this is where... (laughs) Shoots him. Yeah. This is where we go back down to Sam and we realize this is Sam's vision. Um, and... (laughs) It's like what I said earlier about, like, the moms, like, doing, like, feats of incredible strength to save their children and stuff like that. Like, I mean, we've already established that Sam will not let Dean die. Mm -hmm. Like, he can't. He, in faith... He, he's like, no, I will find a solution. And this is prime ex- a great example of that, is Sam, the idea of Dean dying and, like, knowing that he is just downstairs and can stop it is what gives Sam the, the breakthrough to use his telekinesis for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he's never done that before. And only time. <laughs> as far as uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And 
he moves the cupboard thing with his mind. And then we cut to upstairs to where Dean is just about to pull the trigger because Dean has just said if you want to kill Max. her, you have to go... Or Sorry, yes, thank you. <laughs> Max is just about to pull the trigger because Dean has just said um, if you want to kill her, you have to go through me. And this mm-hmm. is where Sam bursts in the door and tells Max again that getting revenge isn't going to fix anything, that he'll always still be afraid. Which is very true. Revenge is not therapy. No. Oh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is when Max kind of like... I don't really... I don't really know what is going exactly through Max's head here. But he tells Sam that he's right, and then he turns the gun on himself. And it's really heartbreaking, because Max had such a horrible life, mm-hmm. you know? Like, but, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what my brain's doing. But yeah, it's very sad. It's <laughs> <A bit> sad. <laughs> um, I think you misinterprets what Sam is saying. I think so. And he's like, is he oh yeah, the go? only way to stop everything is, you know. It, the only way to not be afraid anymore is to not be. be. Yeah. 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 Which is not what Sam meant. No. <laughs> <laughs> but. Sam is gonna feel real guilty about that one. Um, but yeah, we cut to a little while later, the cops are here, Alice is talking to the cops and tells them that Max threatened her with a gun. Um, and that she called Sam and Dean, who she says are family friends, and they fought Max for the gun. Um, Basically, um, clears them out of yeah, any yeah. blame. So, um... As a sort of thank you. <laughs> have a thought. have a small issue. Uh, Hi guys, editing Kenzie here. Uh, I'm about to spend the next section of this podcast talking about Dean's gun, and how the gun in this episode that Max steals from Dean is Dean's Colt. Uh, I realized after recording that the gun in question is actually Sam's Taurus, and I do not go into any details about that gun. So I have included links to the wiki page on Sam's Taurus if you would like to learn about it. But yeah, (laughs) prepare for... A useless spiel. <laughs> the gun that Max uses is Dean's gun. Yes. It's his pearl, like, inlay pistol. And they do ask where he got the gun. She says, I don't know. Not, that's not my issue. My issue with it is Dean continues to have that gun. Yes. How did he get it back? I don't know. Because <laughs> they leave here. Do, does it ever show well, that he gets I it guess... back then? He, we never see him get it back, but he uses that gun for the rest of the show. Okay. I this don't remember Dean's specifically. Gun, you know? <laughs> it's a specific um, make and model. Do I don't do remember him make some models? using that gun much, honestly. Um, his gun. It's this one. Yeah. The white. Yeah, it's the one with the white handle. handle. Like, this is from season 10, I think. You know, or 11. And, like, this is season... That's a different gun. Um, this is season 14. You know, like, Dean has the gun. Um, let me... His, um... It is a... 
1911. That's not helpful. Oh, that's cool. So it's like an older one. It's a very specific. See, Dean's got... It's a Colt MK4. Four. Yeah. See, and Sam's got... Does that sound for Mark? Or make? I don't know. I don't know much about guns, guys. I don't guys. know much about guns either. <laughs> this is Sam's gun. Or Dean's gun. And it's got this, like, scroll work. Oh, they both kind of have barrel. similar white. And then, yeah, this is Sam's that he uses a lot. It's a lot more simple. Um, and it's got a different, it's a very different gun. I don't remember, um, nope. All. Here we go. Here's the fandom wiki one. Um, the stainless steel Colt M1911 A1 is the primary <laughs> handgun of Dean Winchester. It's, um, used trials, series of handgun trials for the U.S. military between 1907 and 1911. So that's Officially cool. adopted, given the designation M1911A1. So, so this is like an service. antique gun. Um, that's pretty well, cool. it's not antique. It's just this specific model was the winner of a series of handgun trials. So it's like a replica of those, I guess? Well, it's not a replica. It's just that's the model of gun that is, it's a military issue model. Um, it has never been out of military service since 1911. It's a .45 caliber handgun featuring a seven-round single-stacked magazine. It can hold an extra round in the chamber. Steen's firearm of choice, and he is rarely without it. During the prisoner, he equips his Colt with a silencer. Uh, he's known to load it with silver bullets as well as double-shot bullets. Um, he's used the gun to kill several humans. Sam uses the gun in something wicked. Interesting, I didn't know that. But yeah, and look at this. This is hmm. that's so what he does get it fourteen back. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets it back somehow. Um, it's been stolen from Dean multiple times over the course of the show, and each time Dean has managed to retrieve the gun. Yeah, things like that they don't really include of how to get stuff back. But yeah, it is nickel plated with ivory handles and engraving. What is Sam's gun? Sam has a specific one too. Um, this one. I'm pretty sure. It, a Taurus Model 99 is the type of pistol, um, that's Sam's primary handgun. But we don't see that one in this episode. We see Dean's. And he gets it back somehow. <laughs> yeah. He gets it back that. from the police. <laughs> Maybe uh, Sam did use his telekinesis again off screen <laughs> to get it back. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, but as the boys leave... Sam's Sam's feeling guilty about what happened, and he's like, "Is there something? Could I have said something better? Could I have done something?" Um, and Dean tells him he can't. Um, and we do. Um, Sam also says that they got lucky um, with John, which I guess compared to Max's childhood, yeah, they did. <laughs> Um, Dean's like, that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think it's kind of, John is a big um, item of, like, contention within the fandom. Some people love him, some people hate him. I think John Winchester is a really interesting character. Um, I would love to know more about him. 
I would love to see like his journey into becoming a hunter and stuff from the dad with a four-year-old and a baby and a perfect wife you know to the man that we see in season one of the show like Mm -hmm. I would love to see that journey um but we are never gonna get it (laughs) um I mean I maybe maybe if we got Matt Cohen to come back as a young John Winchester he he plays a young John Winchester in some flashbacks in later seasons actor Matt Cohen yeah Mm. um he's he does a good job um I don't think John Winchester was abusive, but I do think he was neglectful, and neglect is actually a form of child abuse, and he may not have ever intended to be. I don't think he had any um, ill intent. No. Obviously loves his I, kids. I think he was doing the best he could, but the best he could was not good enough, good enough <laughs> for the kids. And it, it was honest to God really impressive that the boys turned out as healthy as they did, which is saying something because they did not turn out healthy. Um, Those boys do not have a healthy attachment style. They are incredibly codependent. We see it in this episode. Sam uses a power he never thought he he never knew he had just because of just the the knowledge that his brother could die, you know, if Mm -hmm. he didn't do it. Like, it's... (laughs) These boys are... (laughs) Not healthy, but they definitely could have turned out worse. Um, and I do think Sam acknowledges that here. He's like, I think he sees what could have turned out. Yeah, if he yeah. didn't have. He says, his dad. you know, yeah. a little more tequila, a little less hunting, you know, and the subtitles. But are the funny. subtitles <laughs> fucked up here. The subtitles say Jose, but Sam definitely says tequila. tequila yeah, which Jose Cuervo is a kind of tequila. We both looked at each other but, and we were like, did you read that yeah, too? We, we were watching, we were watching it, sitting exactly where we're sitting right now, and the subtitles say Jose, and we both just, like, I legit stopped typing. <laughs> and I was just, and like, just at staring at the screen like, what? But yeah, yeah. They did, compared to Max, the boys got the better result. Um, which, yeah, Teen is definitely like, I never, never thought I would have heard you say that, but... Um, we go, we go back to the motel and the boys are like kind of packing up to leave. It's evening now. And Sam is still being a worry wart, which I mean, I really don't blame him. Uh, he's worried that the thing that killed Mary, like wants something from him and he doesn't like what it wants from him. And, um, he, this is where he tells Dean about how he moved the cabinet with his mind. Then Dean pulls out a spoon and says, bend this. <laughs> Back to his spoon bender comments earlier. Oh yeah, he made a spoon bender comment earlier. I think when Sam... When does he make it? It's something about Max's um, telekinetic powers. Yeah. I think it's when they're arguing about whether or not to kill Max. <laughs> um, but yeah. He's like, he's a spoon bender? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam's like, I can't just turn it on and off. Um, but um, he he tells Dean that he saw Dean die in his vision, and he did it without even thinking. You know, it's a burst of adrenaline kind of thing. Um, and now Sam is 
he asks if Dean is worried that Sam could turn into Max. Um, and Dean says he's not, because Sam has something Max didn't have, which is Dean. And then, to lighten the mood, he suggests they go to Vegas and put <laughs> Sam's psychic powers to the test. <laughs> but Sam literally just told you he can't turn them on and off, Dean. He doesn't choose what to see and what not to see. <laughs> but this I mean, is... It could be very convenient if you could. But... Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the boys are... This gets Sam out of the hotel room to the car. And as Dean... Uh, turns off the light and closes the door we get this shot like lingering lingering on his face and you can see it in his eyes Jensen is such a good actor you can see it in his eyes the fear Mm -hmm. but I don't think he's afraid that Sam will turn it out like Max did I think um, and even if he is a little bit like he knows he's gonna be there for Sam the whole way I think he's just worried about those abilities and the connection with their mom and yeah he's I think he's probably worried about like what these powers will mean for Sam like how they're gonna affect him long term and what because Sam says you know the thing that killed Mary wants something from Sam and obviously now we see that these abilities are perhaps connected to this demon yeah, that they're hunting. Yeah, now they know that these abilities are connected specifically to the thing they're hunting. Which we know is a demon right now, because John told them that. Yeah, yeah. So now we're like... So now... Like, Sam's powers are now connected <laughs> to something demonic. Like, yeah. So I think Dean isn't necessarily worried that Sam is going to turn out like Max did specifically, but he is worried about protecting Sam Mm -hmm. and keeping Sam safe even if keeping Sam safe involves keeping him safe from himself you know from Sam Mm -hmm. the things that Sam will do (laughs) because Sam is very smart Sam is a smart man he's a very brave man uh he is also dumb as fuck sometimes (laughs) and he does make some pretty terrible decisions um but (laughs) um got distracted by your screen <laughs> and my brain is done um but yeah so i think i think dean is just big brother what does this mean for sam what does this mean for us mm-hmm. you know and what does the demon want how how is this gonna play out for them and their family um but yeah had more thoughts and I don't remember what they were so oops <laughs> do you have any final thoughts my love mm, not really yeah mm-hmm. don't yawn to wait <laughs> yeah. it is almost midnight so but yeah I think I think that is all for this episode Oh my god. <laughs> that scared me. I think that's all for this week's episode. Uh, yeah, as of this recording, we haven't decided whether next week... Next week... Sorry, my words. We haven't decided whether next week's episode will be a solo episode or a combo episode. Next week, for sure, we are covering Benders, which is... I personally really love good one. that episode. Um... And we potentially may also be covering Shadow. We'll see. 
<laughs> You'll find out at the beginning of next week's episode. Um, depends on how much we have to. I'll probably tweet about. Talk it. about. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how. How much we have to how say. How extensive <laughs> our notes for those episodes get, and how how deep we end up wanting to dive into them. Um, but yeah, I think that is it for nightmare. Um, if you guys have thoughts of your own, I would really love to hear from you. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Talk About Sam Pod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr at We Need to Talk About Sam. We, you can also email us at We Need to Talk About Sam at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and The Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Haley, where can the people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Life Flows On 3 and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog alright so yeah, that is it for this week and we will catch you guys uh, next Sunday thank you so much for listening bye bye (laughs) okay Oh my god. Because <laughs> it's supposed to like help track like your sleep cycle, how much you get, come awake in the night, how long you sleep, like when you go into a deep sleep, but it also records. <laughs> so if you like sleep talk or snore or fart <laughs> or whatever in your sleep. My girl snores. <laughs> I had no idea I snored so much. I told you. Wait, I, I le- told legit you. did not know I snored at all until I started dating you. I yeah, had no yeah. idea I snored. Yeah, and we shared a bed and she was like, how'd you sleep? And I was like, I slept great. You snore. <laughs> and I didn't like, believe what? you at first. I was like, what? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> she snores. <laughs> and then I heard my recordings for the first time today. Yep, yep. Holy if you shit. Had, if you had legit. <laughs> I sound like my dad. Okay. Legit, if you had just, like, played the sound and hadn't told me it was you snoring, I would have recognized it. I would have been like, oh, that's a recording of you snoring. Did you download a sleep app? (laughs) I sound like Darth Vader. At some points, yes. Uh, It just sounds like I'm, like, gasping for air. It's a little concerning. you should probably see a doctor. (laughs) I didn't know I snored that much. It's probably due to my allergies. Um, yeah. Because I can't breathe through my nose very well sometimes. So she sleeps with her mouth open. Um, I don't think I really snored that much before my allergies got really bad. So. Yeah. I, I I don't know if I snore or not. I haven't heard you. Probably because I sleep with my mouth closed these days, which is why I am now wearing night guard, because, <laughs> hi, uh, your, my dentist walked into the exam room at my last, like, regular checkup appointment and was like do you have jaw pain? And I was like, how did you know? And he was like, because the grind pattern on your molars is not the grind pattern of a 24-year-old. It's the grind pattern of someone in their 50s. Oh, dear. Who's been, had teeth for 50 years. Uh, <laughs> you know? So, so I was you have like... a mouth guard now. He was like, are you stressed? And I was like, sir, I am a college student 
in my second to last semester during a global pandemic? Yes, I'm sorry. What do you think the answer to that question is going to be? Okay. It's like um, asking Hulk. If he's angry? Yeah, when you're angry. He's like, I'm always angry. I'm always stressed. Yeah. That's, That's my, my secret. secret, Captain. I'm always stressed. <laughs> Honest to God. Living oh with God. anxiety. But yeah. So, but yeah, I had... It was such a fucking hassle. Oh my God. Because my dentist office is the same, it's the same dentist I've been going to since I was like 10, 11 years old. And so like they're, I'm still on my parents' insurance for the next couple of years. And like dental insurance is really hard to get. And since yeah. I don't have a job, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this as long as I can. And Do it's it. just easier I haven't had to dental drive. insurance since I lost my parents' insurance. It's just easier <laughs> to drive out to the dentist's office about an hour away every six months or so than it is to try and find a new dentist that will take our insurance you know yeah and like i really i really do like my dentist um uh he's actually the one who told me about the the fact that redheads need more anesthesia um like he's the one who told me that fact (laughs) which it's it's true um so a part of the the gene that causes the red hair mutation it also makes it so that we I think we have a higher like pain tolerance especially when it comes to burns um and uh but we need more anesthesia like our bodies metabolize it pretty quickly so like I really like my dentist but when I had to get my night guard I drove out there for my initial appointment And he told me, he was like, I'm going to recommend you for a night guard. Um, The insurance should cover most of the costs. It'll be about this much. They'll give you an estimate, you know. And then he's like, okay, in two weeks, you're going to come in and get the impressions done. It's going to be just like when you got the impressions done for your retainer. For your, because I I had braces. Um, (laughs) So I wear retainers at night. And I've actually been grinding through them. That's how I knew I was clenching my job, is I was breaking my retainers. Um... And so I came back two weeks later for a, like, 30-minute appointment to um, do the putty thing to get impressions done for the night guard. And then two weeks after that, I came in for a legit, like, 10-second appointment where she, like, um, gave me the night guard, had me put it in, made sure it fit right. Made sure I couldn't, like, pop it out with my tongue so it won't just, like, fall out during the night or anything. Like, it's snug, but it wasn't causing me any pain. And then she was like, okay, you're good to go. We'll see you at your next checkup. <laughs> I was, like, legit. I had to drive an hour out there. Did you get your night guard at that point? Uh-huh. Okay. To get well, my night guard. I, but <laughs> I it was legit, it. like, the <laughs> shortest appointment ever. Um, but, yeah, and then, yeah, it was such a pain in the ass. It was honestly kind of really difficult because um, the driving back and forth, it uses a lot of gas, and I'm poor. And gas prices were, that was like right when gas prices were starting to go up again. And it was not cool. Did you just remember? (laughs) I need new glasses, guys. (laughs) And I know my prescription's outdated. I just look over and Haley opens a new tab and types types a Costco eye appointment. <laughs> it was I like, need ah, new glasses so bad. Someone just remembered not, that not, she forgot to do a thing. Not only are both of my glasses um, 
outdated prescriptions. They're both <laughs> warped now. They're broken. Both of my pairs of glasses are broken, so I desperately need some new glasses. <laughs> she's currently wearing the least broken pair. <laughs> yes. Um, it's the, the, like, the eyepieces, the hinges where it joins to the frames is distorted. That's not a Costco. Costco optical. That's what you want. Anyways, <laughs> I really need a new eye appointment so I can get new glasses. Yeah, because you went to order new glasses and found out that she couldn't and hit without uh, the script. and But her glasses are so outdated that she was like, well, I might as well... Like, yeah. she don't even have the original script. I don't know where it is. Anymore, because <laughs> you've moved since then. Yeah. Um, and so she, but she was like, my glasses are so outdated that I might as well just get a new prescription. Mm-hmm. I don't have vision insurance anyway. Honestly, it's kind of a ripoff. Yeah. If you, um, like, Costco does them pretty cheap if you have a membership. Mm-hmm. I think you can get an eye appointment for under $100. Oh, that's, that's, and then yeah. I just, for an eye appointment? Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> I don't even wear glasses and I know this. <laughs> I don't buy the glasses there. I just get them online at, like, I buy direct for, like, 20 bucks a pair. So as long as I just get the updated prescription, I can yeah. buy glasses anywhere for pretty cheap. Um, and I already found a lot of pairs I like online. Yeah, yeah. She just needs a prescription. <laughs> I just need the updated prescription, so I should try and get a. I'm <laughs> able to find a week. Costco warehouse near your location. There's one down the street. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>